Hey guys, welcome to episode 70 of The Green Life. In today's episode, we're going to discuss healing modalities that really can take you deep into your subconscious and allow you to grow as a person and really understand yourself a little bit better. I have invited a friend of mine, Antonia Bimish, to be on the show because she's a kinesiologist but also practices soul contract readings and divine healing, which are the two modalities I want to focus on because I have experienced them myself for the first time and I really found them powerful, so I think you will love to learn about them. I also feel that uh, because we've been discussing healing and growing on the podcast but a few times, especially with my solo ones, I would love to give you the tools to go a little bit deeper into the healing part and I really think that what Antonia does is that powerful. So before we get into the show, I just want to give a big shout out to Nama for the J2 juicer. As you know, guys, I love my J2. So if you go into the show notes, you can get a, a, a discount code for 10% and I really think that you love it. I don't make any money from this. I just ask for a discount code for my audience. So enjoy. However, I do have an affiliate account with Dr. Morse's Herbs, which I absolutely love using. And of course, I like how Dr. Morse explains everything about the body. He was on the show too. And as you probably know by listening to the episode, he's a fantastic human. And I really love what he does, but also really appreciate what a great master herbalist is because he's potions are powerful. I use them myself, especially when it comes to kidneys and lymphatic system, and I really do feel the difference every time I use them. So if you go into the show notes and click the link, it will take you to the website, and if you purchase from there, I do get a commission that helps the web, the, the podcast stay alive. Then I also have the link to my beautiful farm retreat here in Portugal, Ecodarma Village, which is open for the summer as I mentioned before but also available for you if you want to book it for next year if you're a practitioner you want to come with a group and experience eco holidays here in northern Portugal and I also have one of my retreats happening in the September which is going to be wonderful and powerful and it's around autumn equinox so if you're available do come and check it out Okay, back to the episode. Talking to Antonia is such a pleasure because she's a, such a wonderful human and I really want you to learn about these two wonderful modalities outside kinesiology, soul contract and divine healing. So guys, you are really in for a treat. Let's welcome our guest. Hi, Antonia. Hi, Antonia. Thank you so much for coming on to The Green Life today. How are you? It is such a joy to be here. I can't even put it into words. I am so excited. You know, I've never been a guest on a podcast, so this is very special. And um, yeah, I'm very excited to be here. Thank you. And it is special, in fact, because I invited you because you are a special person doing very special work. And I think my audience really needs to hear about this. The world needs to hear about this because we're all really going through a shift trying to heal. I mean, the conscious people are trying to heal a little bit more consciously, so more aware with more awareness. And yeah. um, I feel the work that you do is such a great way to really support that growth and that healing that is so needed. Um, and so I really thought it would be brilliant to have you here, especially because I've experienced firsthand your work, so I can speak for it and I can totally endorse it. So, you know, I as it helped me and it helps me as we go forward, I really feel like it will help a lot of people. So before we get into the actual work, though, and what it means and, and actually the story behind uh, the fantastic therapies that you 
that you do. I'd love to hear a little bit about you, your story, and how you even got into this space, why you became a healer, what attracted you to this uh, wellness space, yeah, industry. Such a good question because it you can look at different points of my life and there's a little key that has unlocked a door that's led me to this point where I'm in now. But you would look at them on their own and think, oh, they're not really related. So um, my first memory, I think, is being taken to uh, an acupuncturist by my mum when I was younger. And she had this sort of home studio in her garden. And I thought, this is a cool life. I wouldn't mind working from home and helping people. So I think the seed was sown when I was very young. And then, um, so your readers, (laughs) your listeners might not know that Chantal and I worked together um, at a boutique fitness company in London for about, yeah, four years or something. And it was actually there that I discovered kinesiology, which is a beautiful um, therapy that connects mind and body to get to the emotional root cause of symptoms. And while I was working at said company, I suffered from pretty bad adrenal burnout, stress. I was tired, bloated, in tears, exhausted. I was pushing myself so hard. And um, someone said, oh, you should go see my kinesiologist, Kim. And another friend said, well, my mum actually said, you should go get some blood tests. So I did both. And um, my sessions with Kim, I think it was the second session, I had a huge emotional breakthrough um, about being worthy of love. And it was a few weeks, I mean, and it was a big release. Um, And I didn't even know it was there. The unconscious became conscious. And this is the work that I do, basically. And a few weeks later, I met the man that I would be with you know, for the following three years, um, a real beautiful relationship that I had. And that was all due to releasing this, this misguided unconscious belief I had about not feeling worthy of a relationship or being in love. So yeah, that's where it all started. Um, and it just, it, it built gradually, you know, it's the people I met like you, you know, you kind of really sparked me into the road of veganism uh, along with our lovely friend Malgo. And then lots of little keys kind of like little things just added up to this big beautiful picture of where we are now yeah totally and I love that you started kinesiology way before you actually began began studying it so it was as you know as a client a patient and breaking through your own obstacles and work and then uh, you know actually deciding to become a kinesiologist so can you tell me about that little step that you took because you were still working at the boutique um at the fitness boutique company that we were at that's it's a funny story because I've had this beautiful kinesiology session and I was falling in love and at the same time I thought oh I really want to do something different with my life I was feeling very trapped and stuck I know a lot of people relate to this working for someone else behind a desk for nine ten hours a day I just felt so yeah more like 40 (laughs) yeah some days it was long some days I managed to get outside and breathe some fresh air (laughs) I felt like a trapped bird in a cage and I thought oh I really want to do something and do some kind of healing modality and kinesiology was just not even on my list it's 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 hilarious when I think back I looked at everything else I explored all the other options I looked at oh Reiki or hypnotherapy or oh I could train in acupuncture or I could go to Australia and do naturopath nutrition um, and it, kinesiology was the last thing I read about. And I just read this tiny blurb when I Googled it. And it was it was the ethos about kinesiology, which was 
looking at your your mind and your emotions, your chemical and nutritional balance, your structure and your lymphatic system and your energy body and how all four of them contribute to health, which is complete holistic well-being. And it rung such a huge bell in my head. I just thought, fantastic. And there was a taster, just two, um, I think it was the following week or two weeks after that, that I went along to and said, great, this is it. And then the course started a few weeks after that. So I was very lucky with the timing or very mm. serendipitous um, that I just got straight on the bandwagon and, and didn't really look back. <laughs> Beautiful. And so people know you actually do not work at that fitness boutique company anymore. And um, you are a practicing kinesiologist as well as other things we're going to get into um, how was the transition for you? Because I think a lot of the listeners are probably that might find themselves in that job where they feel stuck and caged and they want to move on to something that they really feel more connected to, that resonate to, that, um, you know, they, they feel that actually my calling is different to what I'm doing now. I certainly believed that and felt that when I was in banking and it just didn't sound like, didn't feel like the place I should be in. And it wasn't. I just, I was really, I mean, you could act like a sore thumb. I stuck out. And, um, yeah. And, uh, and I was, I was really good at my job. Like I'm very good at doing things, but I was just not very, I didn't belong. And one of the things was for me, like, oh my God, my soul just needs that feeding. But then of course, like you start thinking, oh my God, money. Oh my God. Like, what do I do next? How was your transition out of that? So that people can perhaps feel a little more, inspired to know that other people have done it that it worked out and that you know you shouldn't be afraid how was it for you such a good question because looking back I can see this beautiful path it's been maybe six years since I start or six seven years since I started training the first thing is we when we're feeling stuck and trapped we feel like life is very small and limited. And a lot of us think, well, I could do this or I could do that. And those are my only two options. So I had a client in the other day who said, I'm not really happy doing what I'm doing, but the other, only other option is to do that. And I'm like, ooh, those are what we call our blinkers. Mm-hmm. So we have a blinker of fear and a blinker of lack of time and, the, and lack of money. We've got three blinkers. And um, they all stop us from seeing a far bigger picture and a, and a far bigger abundance of opportunities that are out there. And I would say the first really important thing is listen to your gut feeling and your intuition and your soul saying, this does not resonate. This is not in alignment with who I am or who I want to be. That's the first thing. And it's such a tiny nudge. I don't know if you have the same thing. Like it's such a... We have society saying, oh, you should do this. You should do that. We've got our parents saying, oh, you should be in this role. The world says you should be, you know, and that keeps us trapped. And it's very hard to listen to that teeny tiny voice that says, hey, there might be something better out there for us. So the first thing I I say is to listen to that voice and get acquainted with it and start writing. I'm a writer, so I have to write things down. But other people, you know, whatever it is, talking it out. And then you need to set an attention of, okay, this is not my forever. This is, you know, our intention is so powerful with how we can create opportunities in our life. And this is not just like, oh, you manifest something. This is no, I'm going to, I'm going to set an intention without any timelines or deadlines, but I know this is not my forever and I'm going to 
remain open and aware of all the beautiful opportunities that are going to come across my path, whether it's a book someone recommends or someone I meet at a party or this thing that pops up on YouTube. The amount of stories of things that have happened and I guess in, in my life and in your life of like all these little signs that kind of guide you. Um, and then knowing that where you are is not forever, it's just a lily pad. I love this analogy everywhere. Everything that you do is a lily pad that's going to leap you somewhere else. So you're not wasting time. So don't panic. You are biding your time. You are gaining new skills. You are learning. You are growing. You're evolving where you are. And you're learning patience because the next big thing or the next small thing is just around the corner. You just have to remain open to it. You have to start exploring it and 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 don't panic. You're not wasting time. You're you're just you're learning and growing until the next thing comes. So it's that taking that for you. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And it it's always got to be organic. I think another thing we see instant success stories in social media. We see people who have got their life sorted and we think oh man that that's quick doesn't happen that way it has to be slow it has to be organic it has to be real it has to be authentic and it takes a long time to know who you are in life let alone who you are as a practitioner mm. and you just need to get some miles under your belt some years of experience and and with the money thing I always say just have a have a part-time thing going on I've always had part-time jobs. I still have one now and I love it. Luckily, <laughs> I didn't love the last ones. But um, again, that's time. It takes time to find that part-time thing that will financially support you while you can enjoy growing your business without the financial pressure on it because clients will feel that and they'll feel really put off like, oh, she's only in it for the money. Yeah. yeah. So we've got to pay our bills, but yeah, we've, we've, we've also got to enjoy it, thrive in it. I think you made a very good point. For me, it was definitely my my strategy at the time was well, first of all, um, do I how much do I need really to live, and what I'm making is more than I need so uh, in banking, but I'm not happy. So if I leave, well, how much do I need? So I I actually had a I saved quite a bit of money to be able to leave um, without stressing if I didn't find something that would give me a part time opportunity. But thankfully, it just worked out for me it was like, you know, I started getting classes and teaching more and more. And then actually, I started making a salary out of teaching yoga, which I was really impressed about. Um, so I thought, oh, my gosh. And I didn't have to travel all over London. I just really focused on one area where I lived. And it was really good that way because the last thing I wanted to do is stress out going around. But definitely at the back of my mind, one thing that I realized was I definitely need less than I thought I needed. You know, sometimes like you have more money coming in if you have a job like we did. And it then you spend a lot of it on things you don't actually need. And you realize I could totally live without this less stress and less pressure. Yeah. And 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 also um, when you start doing this and you start digging, digging your hands into the earth and getting gritty with your life and what you want to do, it's supposed to be challenging. It's not supposed to be easy. Yeah. So you're going to sacrifice some, some things like a nice holiday or, you know, expensive meals or whatever it is that you just really, you know, good food, whatever it is that, that, you, that you love in your life right now, but you're going to get to like the core of who you are within this journey. And that is the most rewarding, validating, empowering, beautiful 
way to experience being alive like the emotional breakthroughs that I've had and I and I know that you've had through this journey um it's like you can play it safe and play by the rules and stay in that place of security or and it's not always as easy as just take a leap of faith I also don't like that like oh just quit your job and just do it like that's not realistic you need to have structure in place um but you've got to believe you've got to have trust you've got to um trust yourself and trust that the path will unfold as it's meant to and instantaneous you know plans and things won't happen that way um it's supposed to be a bit challenging but it's so rewarding and as you said you don't need as much as you think you do that's again society and cultural programming you know yeah putting it in there yeah totally 100% and I like what you said you know overnight success it's never overnight. Like it takes a long time to get there. It's just that like people who just see the, t- the tip of the iceberg when you finally go to the top of it. So they're like, ooh, overnight she just, oh man, I've been swimming up the stream <laughs> for a very long time and now I'm just peeking my head out. It's not overnight. Um, so that's a very interesting concept because of how social media has portrayed everything, as you rightfully said. But let's go back to, so you are, you had these part-time jobs that you were doing, not loving, but doing it while you were building your business. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, we had, I, I'm going to quote <laughs> the title of a movie because the time yes. where the earth stood still for two years, and it's like we were in a vortex. When I look back, I'm like, I can't, I can't believe it's been, what, what happened to these years? Like, they just went away. Nobody knows what they did, what they were, like, nothing. It was just like pause and how how did you manage because obviously that was very challenging you know to be growing your business but then oh my gosh did you bring everything online and that was good for online businesses but um how did you manage and navigate the space and also obviously we're gonna the the kinesiology is the like the base ground for what comes next which is what you're currently doing but i like to know that transition now from obviously starting your business working and you know nobody knew what was coming so we all like very positive about the future and then oh oh yeah well for like for a lot of people that 2020 was my awakening and it gave me so many gifts as well as so much pain <laughs> as it did for most people so um I and you know what's really interesting when I talk about this I notice that there's a little bit of shame that comes up when I say this but it, it's good that you know that it's there but so in 2020 I had to move out of London because I couldn't work I couldn't do a hands-on therapy my part-time job disappeared I broke up with that lovely person that I had been with for three years it this all happened at the same time so I had to move back in with my parents and I couldn't practice I had to just live and exist and figure out what I was going to do and try not to panic and I did panic I panicked like for the whole year <laughs> um, and then I eventually got back up and running um, and I tried a few different clinics and yeah it didn't really gel it didn't really fit I wasn't really finding my finding my feet with it it just felt so disorientating and I'd moved out of London which had been my home for a long time I felt financially very unstable I was lots of stuff was coming up for me at the same you know this was the case for a lot of people in those Mm -hmm. in those few years um in 2020 I think I finally got back on my feet and I rented a treatment room in my local town and finally started to get my confidence back and I 
because I lost it. When you don't practice something, you lose your confidence so quickly. It's bizarre. Um, but I managed to help. Uh, I did an assistant role on the kinesiology practitioner training course that got me back in front of back in the energy and the environment of the training, which is for freelancers in any kind of modality that you do, you need that community and that network around you. Otherwise, it's terribly lonely. And it's very easy to just think that you're doing it wrong and that you're never going to be good enough. And you just eventually stop. And the amount of people that I know who have done that, because it takes some grit to like cling on and say, oh, no, I do want to do this. And I am good at it. And one day I'll make money from it. It's all it's all leading and building somewhere. You just have to stay on that raft during those choppy seas. And luckily, my raft was a, a brilliant treatment room that I decorated and made my own. I started getting people coming in. And then um, I upgraded and I moved to a really beautiful city uh, in the UK called Cambridge. And I've now got my treatment room here, which is even more aligned. So it's just this continual, um, the more you do something, the more aligned you become with it, the more you feel that it becomes a part of you because there's no separation between who you are and what you do. When you're doing something like this, it's the same with you. You cannot separate your life and yourself from what you do. Mm -hmm. It's just an intricate, interwoven enmeshment of of your life and what you live and breathe so that's what the journey is that's what you become it's really beautiful it is and you know you're obviously showing all sharing all the highlights and the high reels the you know as, as we quoted social media before which is beautiful of course it comes with a lot of pain and growth and trauma which is actually the topic of today and Although uh, kinesiology is such a beautiful practice and so good for understanding our body and where we are in space and a lot of the, even our energetic body, I think you dove into two very unique modalities that I'd like to share more about with, with the audience because they really go deep into the energetics, but also the soul. So you do two things and we're going to start with the, the soul contract, soul contract and you do also um, divine healing and the soul contract. I feel this is from my personal experience uh, almost feels like step one to kind of get your, your blueprint of yourself. Like, you know, the, the numbers don't lie as they say. Yeah. Um, and we are created by the per this perfect architect that puts everything into numbers and shapes. So it makes so much sense. And when people understand what you what it is when you explain it they will probably click with this and then obviously the divine healing is like okay now I know my blueprint and I need to get deep into the traumas of my life and actually really shake up the things that are stuck so that I can blossom in my in, in these powerful characteristics that I hold and perhaps I haven't been able to explore because sometimes from childhood our parents stop us or because society or because self you know not, like very limiting beliefs or because life just happens and we haven't had the time or even the knowledge or awareness to go down down these um deep understandings of our of our soul so can we speak about soul contract first of all how did you find it and why did you start and then what it is and and well everything yeah. we need to know about it <laughs> As I was saying earlier, sometimes you get these lily pads and these little signs that help you leap from one thing to another. So um, I had, this was last year, and I'd been looking for another part-time job. I'd been waitressing with a catering company and doing kinesiology and 
I would have I'd been looking for such a long time to find a job that was aligned with me spiritually emotionally um and with the same belief system and couldn't find it pin in a haystack so one day I just gave up I just said right I'm not going to look for a part-time job anymore I'm just going to do kinesiology I'm just going to just focus on doing treatments um and then the next day I see something advertising a remote part-time job working for this beautiful company called the Center for Conscious Ascension and it was the exact hours the exact wage the exact everything um and I started I think a week week and a half later um and it was you know <laughs> I, was, I always makes me laugh when Nicholas who I work for um when I emailed him with my CV and everything he said uh can you just send me back your birthday and your full name on your birth certificate and so he obviously looked at my soul contract and said yep she's great she's great for the business um that's what he tells me so um yeah so that the the, the divine alignment of that was was beautiful um and I'm very ungrounded that's in my soul contract I'm very mental very up in my head very kind of woo spiritual but find it very hard to ground into my body and this job gives me a lot of grounding and I manage all the trainings and one of the trainings was soul contract reading and I thought oh, I should probably do it because you know I need to know what students are doing you know how it works and I loved it I fell in love with it instantly and I just I'd had a soul contract reading and it and I really enjoyed it. I thought, well, this is absolutely amazing. I love this. And then I kind of forgot about it. And then I did the training and looked at my numbers again. And I thought, okay, I get this. This is quite life-changing. And I think about them every day in relation to my actions, in in my my way of being of who I am. It's it's like it's like a map and I can just pull it down and have a look at it and think, okay, that's why I'm doing that. That's where I'm at. And so yeah, that's how I discovered soul contract reading. <laughs> that's such a good story. Okay, so let's go more into details about what a soul contract reading is. Yeah, if of somebody course. was coming to you. Yeah, so um, the soul contract reading is basically a form of numerology, to put it really simply. Um, and each soul, as you say, there's a divine architect. And before we come to Earth, which is a very hard playground, it's where we come to learn to feel emotions. <laughs> so it's why we have quite intense experiences when we're here. But believe it or not, we all queue up to get here. Uh, before we come here, we we our soul chooses what experiences that we kind of want to have. Um, and these are mapped into our into our soul contract, or you can call it a soul plan or a spiritual map. And these are the experiences that we're going to be having. And it's very abstract. It's not like you will have this job and be working there. It's it's like these. this is your karma. These are where you're going to find challenges that you're going to grow from. These are the talents we want you to have to overcome the karma and to reach your goals. And your goals are what you're really here to do. And they feed into your soul destiny, which is exactly why you're here and what you're meant to be doing. And so you can fully embody it and come into who you really are. Um, and the work was channeled in the 1980s by a man called Frank Alpha. And he taught Nicholas in person, who taught me. So the lineage is is, is very strong and very direct. Um, and the lovely thing about a soul contract reading, when you train in it, you don't just learn it. You kind of embody it. You become it. It's like a transmission. So when you have a reading, I'm giving you that transmission of your chart. And it's very special. And you kind of, I record it. So you, you listen to it once and you probably get about 20% 
when you're listening to it live, because that's how much sometimes we can take in. And then you listen to it again and again, and you feel the deeper layer of understanding and meaning come through every time. So that's that's kind of what a soul contract reading is. Brilliant. I love that. And I must say, from my own experience, a lot of things resonated through, like so real, so true. Um, one of the things that I really enjoy about it is that as the person that is being read, uh, or whose numbers are being read, you're not just sitting there, you actually are very participant into this conversation, so that those pennies can drop, and that things feel relatable. And there is no you know, there's no cheating trying to like say, oh, this is what you are or that you had experienced. So it's actually like, this is what the numbers mean. How does that apply to you? So you actually are very responsible for that interaction and, and how your numbers apply to you, which I like because sometimes the problem with this industry that we're in, I hate calling it an industry, but just call it, let's call it for what it became is that it has a lot of charlatans and a lot of people that are just, you know, in for the money and they say whatever they need to say. They have these buzzwords that are everywhere, such as manifesting or such yeah. as, uh, you know, <laughs> we talk about it all the time, um, healing, consciousness, awareness, uh, ascension. Like those are beautiful words and have very, they have a lot of power, but they are used so out of uh, context and for self, you know, for, for self reason, the selfish reasons and, and it drives me nuts. And so the beautiful thing about this is that it's actually quite pragmatic as well for a person that perhaps is not very much into the spiritual realm yet. So they haven't really understood that part of themselves because we are souls having this, you know, human experience and you can really match what it, the numbers mean and the, like the, the categories that they fall under. So if it's a physical karma or spiritual karma or, and also their, um, their values, like what they mean, their meaning, and you can apply it to yourself knowing, okay, actually this makes sense. And you will know that. So you are not even pretending to know what it, what it actually is. And the person is involved in sharing. I love that. It's such a good participation of the person, because as you said, you, you probably get, 10% when you're hearing it the first time when you're doing it, 20% when you listen to the recording and you have to really go back a long, a lot of times to actually understand it fully, but also the practice. I like what you said when you did yours, you every day for whatever action you take, you go back to your numbers and understand what they mean. Because I feel like as with everything, we can be, we can have the awareness, but if there is no practice and action, everything is lost, right? So, and it's very easy to get lost because we get busy. And life is crazy. <laughs> um, so that is a very powerful, I think, side of, um, you know, contract, soul contract reading, which is why I really wanted to have this conversation because people really should take the time to invest into this because it's something you do once and you really, you, you really take it on board and appreciate so much what it gives you and a deeper understanding of yourself, especially if you feel like, oh my God, I don't belong anywhere. Why don't I belong? Like what's happening for me? Well, that was definitely the case. And then obviously this translates, as I mentioned before, into this uh, divine healing, which I think is, well, it's divine as the name says. Um, and I like you to also take me why, I, I, you know, take me to why you started and how it was for you to experience it before you even became a practitioner. Oh my gosh, yes. Uh, uh, the only thing I was going to say, just on something you said about... Um about it not just being for spiritual you know I put 
air quotation spiritual yes. people <laughs> Chantal and I think feel exactly the same about the 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 energy vampires and spiritual cloaks that's what I call them the people who are taker takers um they are abusers of their power and they often fall into positions in within the well-being and healing industry uh, you've got to be careful <laughs> um but the one thing I was going to say is it's you don't have to be spiritual to have a soul contract reading. It's going to what we do. And, you know, you said it's like a conversation. I want to know where you're at in your life so I can tailor and so we can both get an understanding of where in your chart is playing up the, the most. So for some people, their karma might be, you know, I'm kind of dealt with that. I feel good about that. For some people, they might not even realize it's coming to bite them on the bum. So then you can make targeted recommendations of like how you can start moving through that. So I just wanted to say that because mm. I think it's such a good point that you made and it's for everyone to understand themselves, no matter who you are or what you believe in. So, yeah. Yeah. But, and let's go back to the divine healing. So yes. how, you, how you experience it before you become a practitioner. Yeah. So divine healing, I hadn't actually had it before I trained in it, but it was made by kinesiologists so I immediately thought okay this is fantastic because kinesiology is is just very powerful and and and, uh, and god I love it <laughs> um so that was the first thing and I thought okay if there's a way for me to work with people who aren't immediately in my vicinity so I can work with people who aren't in the UK or then I want to know what that is so in divine healing we basically bypass the physical body so kinesiology we use muscle testing to communicate with the body's consciousness to get answers of oh what are you sensitive to what emotions are linked to that symptom you know what's what's true and what's not what's relevant what's irrelevant but divine healing takes it to a whole nother level and i'm guided by my higher self and i work with your higher self to release what you might not even realize that you need to release and heal from so divine healing is divinely guided healing I'm not doing the healing, you are. <laughs> um, and all we're really doing is using the the lovely, um, the law of ask and receive to ask things to be cleared, released and healed from, from the mind, from the body, from the energy body. And I'm guided as to what needs releasing. And I don't, I'm still wrapping my head around it. It's a very powerful therapy and I call it my newborn baby because I'm still really understanding its power. And I know I'm going to have it for the rest of my life like a child. And I'm still figuring it out. Uh, but it's very powerful. I do it on myself a lot. And I've had huge emotional breakthroughs. Um, and my soul contract is the karma is I struggle to feel emotions. I didn't even realize that. And I look back on my life and I think, oh, yeah, I suppressed a lot. And it all came up this year through doing divine healing on myself and through other people doing it on me. Um, so I trained in it for myself before I even trained in it to help clients. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was a very selfish reason I trained in it. And but it's not really selfish because the more healed and whole and empowered I am, the more I'm in a position to heal and, and not heal, but empower others to heal. Um, so that was my, yeah, that's my divine healing journey. And I do work with clients and it's a very, 
it's unlike anything else. Well, you know, you've had it. <laughs> it's quite different, but it's, I call it, I, I say it's quite bonkers, but it's very powerful and it does amazing shifts. Mm-hmm. It does. You mentioned you talk, it's your higher self talking to the client's higher self. Yes. And obviously, as it, I've experienced it, one thing that I obviously uh, think is nice to explain is that you are talking uh, you're asking permission mm. to some es- esoteric being that is there and you are also thanking when that's done. One of the things that I find very fascinating is when you know that there is a blockage or there is resistance or there is something that is lingering and then how you know that it's been cleared. Can you just take me through that process or how you feel it and how you are able to actually, even through the screen, because obviously you work with a lot of people that are not in your practice room, you feel an energy leaving and then there is an opening and you can carry on because it's very step by step. Yeah. So I think um, a lot of it is just falling into flow and alignment with yourself. And again, this is something that takes time. And I think all the years I've been doing kinesiology have really built that foundation for me because I like to emotionally probe people so that any resistance that is lingering, we bring it out. So for example, if we're releasing a hidden subconscious ego agenda or a self-sabotaging behavior, or we're undoing an addiction, all of these things, whether it's a physical issue, an energy issue, or or an emotional issue, they all have deep unconscious programs that are locking them in place. And because I'm so aware of my own, because I've done so much on myself, I am aware when other people haven't fully touched and connected with theirs it's like when the ego is trying to hide from a torchlight and I'm just like where are you let's bring you out into the open and let's dissolve you because that's all we're doing we're 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 bringing awareness I'm getting you to feel it I want you to all we're doing is helping you feel and connect with the emotion with the the ego program with with anything that's locked in your subconscious and getting you to feel it and then I listen to cues from you I want to know what your body's doing whether you're seeing lights or feeling pins and needles or yawning or burping or crying but I also feel it as well and I don't even understand how I feel it <laughs> it's just that lovely you know anyone who works with clients it's that lovely energy that you have with a client whether it's in person or on a screen And that's the most important thing in a business that you need to continually nurture is to be in your most authentic self. So you attract the clients that are a vibrational match for you that you work very well with. And I find that I work with people who are like me, who struggle to feel things or who have suppressed things or who are ungrounded (laughs) or very sensitive or emotional. Um, And that makes it very easy for me to work with them. So it all comes down to the more authentic you are with who you are, uh, the more you can be of service to others. Yeah, yeah absolutely. So I I feel like we need to tap a little bit into ego because mm-hmm. uh, obviously the ego is not necessarily a bad thing. It keeps us safe. It, it gives us the identity we need here, but it becomes a problem when it, it has its own agenda, as you mentioned. And uh, funny enough, in the last session that I did with you, that really manifested, like it really came out. And, um, you know, in the first one, it almost felt much more, much easier. 
oh, then yeah. the second one was like the ego was like don't you dare touch me <laughs> oh so, yeah yeah divine healing's not meant to be comfortable it's no, meant it to wasn't. be a comfortable <laughs> experience because you know we all want to feel good and nice but when we have to get the dark gritty ugly shameful parts of us out and bring them out into the light it's not going to be a smooth ride always but it's that's when you know it's going to be that's when the alchemy is the pain is the alchemy that transforms you from being completely unaware of what was going on to looking in the mirror and being like oh damn this is this is what's been playing out it's not going to be comfortable so I'm glad that you said that that resistance is totally normal it is and so how do you identify like how do you you know with dissolving the agenda but you're not you're not making sure you're making sure i guess that you're not breaking the person because obviously taking the ego away all at once and all together and all of it can make somebody feel even more lost after so how do you prevent that from happening so people understand how to deal with it because i think that's a very big emotional um you know shift they're gonna feel when the ego is not in control anymore I think it's having awareness before you come into a session. I mean, you will never have a session with me without your higher self already kind of having agreed to it because our higher selves, what our one higher self are colluding together to bring you on my path and to have this experience with me. So that's the first thing I trust and the client can trust as well. The second thing is I always set a really powerful intention before every session that I do with someone for that person to receive exactly what they need to receive in that session. So my ego is not in the way of, oh, they must feel better. They must feel healed. They must, you know, no, it's just what they need to receive. And it's not always what I think that they need because Mm -hmm. again, that's my ego. And the third thing is we will never, we will just in a session, you, it's like a snowflake on top of an iceberg of what your ego is and all the programs So even though it might be a deep one for you that might really zing and resonate and affect you deeply, it's just one layer of a many layered cake. So we only have a 90 minute, you know, maximum two hour session. We're never going to unbalance you to that extent, but you will feel a shift. You should feel a shift and it might take you a few days to recover or you might feel amazing. It's not for me to know. There's no, um, everyone's so different. But this is why we do it in layers. We do it incrementally, because as you said, if we just we would go mad if we dissolved the ego completely, we would just end up in a loony bin. It would just be a very shocking experience for the human soul. So you dissolve the layers of the ego and the programs gently, gently with love and with grace. And it's a very loving um, therapy. This is done with a lot of love from me and a lot of love from my healing team and our higher selves and from God, you know, this, it's really, it's a very blessed, loving, graceful, but sometimes uncomfortable <laughs> therapy. You said healing team. Okay. Yeah. Are we talking angels? What are we talking? Oh yeah. So my healing team, my healing team are sort of, I guess my guides. So there's, I continually learn divine healing. There's lots of levels to keep learning because again, like soul contract reading, you don't learn the material, you embody it and you start to transmit it to the people that you work with. So I'm continually learning and embodying and healing myself and changing so I can do a much better job for other people and live a much more aligned life. So my healing team was introduced to me in the last training and they are my um, 
they are my people. So they are my my helpers. Yeah, whether you want to call them guides or angels or guardian angels. You know, we think that we live in this 3D world that what is real is all we can see. And if only we knew the intangible, the multidimensional existence that we actually live in. And this is the main thing about divine healing is multidimensional healing. We're not just healing you now, we're healing your past and we're healing your future timelines. We're healing your ancestral lineage and your progeny and your future generations. We're healing you in this dimension and in other dimensions, in this reality, in other realities. It's We're healing your energy body, your physical body, your emotional body, because they all interact and interweave together. So it's full on multidimensional badass kind of shifting and changing happening but it's you just you feel it but you can't see all this stuff around us you know but it's there it's it's all there yeah wow I love it I could actually picture it and it makes so much sense you know we are really stuck in believing that everything is 3d schools teach you that if something is not in a certain way it's not there or even you know I mean maybe physics attempts you know, to go a little bit more quantum about things because, well, we yeah, we need to talk about energy. But if you do quantum energy, then, of course, or quantum physics, then you actually really go deep into this energetics that a lot of scientists don't even know about or, or care to know about. And I've noticed this, uh, how how powerful it is to actually look at, the, at our uh, experience as much more than just um, this exoteric experience, this um, tangible, materialistic one, and look at um, a much more divine, especially divine, gui- divinely guided and much more esoteric because it really makes makes things make sense. You know, we, and, and is it fascinating how these teachings are not new? They've always been there. Yeah. But somehow I feel like the more we get advanced in society, and I put that in brackets because sometimes I'm like, we're totally going backwards, but Science has become, you know, if you can't test it in a test tube, it doesn't exist. If you can't, you know, like nothing is really about exploring more than what they can see. That's why sometimes I feel like a lot of these practitioners, especially the more allopathic ones, are getting stuck into just looking at, well, I've proven it. But you actually haven't because you're just considering the 3D part. So there's much more to this. And even then, not everything is a straight answer. Imagine how well, it would be simpler, but also boring um, to have a life that is like one straight way. Like everything is so expanded and vast that you can't possibly um, just say this is how it is and that's it. There are very few things that are that way. But just like science, religion is also taking away the spiritual element of it almost. You know, like, yes, God is this concept, this being, but then there's nothing in between you and God other than in some in some, some religions you have the priests, in some religion you have the pastors, and then there's nothing else. Like, if you believe in angels, or, you know, like, wh- why, who gives the authority to people to actually discredit things that they, they can't see, but have been always a concept that is much understood by some more enlightened people if you want to call them that so people that are looking at least to grow a little bit more beyond this um this shell we're living in on this experience so it's really fascinating and then you of course you have doctors that are great at actually doing that and looking at everything so holistically which is beautiful so i i I can definitely attest to one thing and i actually would like to actually explain this part 
when we're doing this healing, which I've experienced with you, one of the things that fascinates me is that I actually don't remember most of the things we talked about. I remember maybe a word or a concept and then all the things that I felt. Oh, I can remember a little bit vaguely what I felt, especially if it's uncomfortable, but there is something I just forget what we what we talked about. I cannot tell you what comes where. And and then I have these like, wow, you know, a, like experiences the day after where things align or I can have a very bad day and then start things start settling again. Can you tell me why our conscious mind cannot remember the conversation that you have with your clients while you're doing the healing? Oh, yeah, it's because we have unlocked and unblocked and made awareness to something that was previously maybe below our level of consciousness. So it was just running in the background. We have so many things running in the background that is controlling our life. I think they say 90% of our of our life is controlled by our subconscious beliefs mm-hmm. <laughs> and programs. So when we release it, you shouldn't remember it because if you remember it, it's your ego grappling to rebuild that program. So as we dissolve it, it shouldn't take up space in your mental body. And what you said before is really interesting, you know, how some people believe in stuff and some people don't. What is this experience? I think all of us are so mental. We're so, um, if we can see it, we can believe it. If we can touch it, we can believe it. And we have this thing within us, which is called our intuition. It's our sixth sense. It's our feeling. It's our heart. It's our soul. It's the nudges. It's the intuition. And this is the most powerful sense that we could have and it's been dumbed down it's been hidden it's been repressed it's been it's been um you know what's the word I'm thinking of it's been ignored it's been in any way possible it's been neglected to be mentioned as real yet the more you can tune in and connect to it the more you start to resonate what is true for you and what isn't it, uh, and the ev- empirical evidence doesn't even come into it. You just feel it and you know it. And that's the most powerful sense that you can have. I think in this lifetime, we are feeling sentient beings. We're not thinking beings, we're feeling beings. Um, so yeah, it, it, you know, we live in a world that distracts us and, and, and pulls our attention away and disconnects us and most of us are walking around with our heads under our arms we're not even conscious we have a soul but when you start to read things and they resonate with you it's resonating with the truth within you and that's not something that you can tangibly calculate although (laughs) yeah it's just not something you can you can do it's but more people are tuning into that and it's like this mass awareness and awakening which is coming through more and more strongly and it's not deluded people being like oh I wish earth was a nicer place let's believe in something lovely that's denial that's so such a different feeling that's like the difference between authentic gratitude and forcing yourself to be grateful for something they are vastly different when you when you when you feel them it's the same with this like you just know something to be true and you feel it within you and your experiences then reflect that back to you because what you feel and think and believe creates your your reality completely and I I see this in my life and this is not you know manifesting this is like embodying the truth of who you are and then seeing it reflected back to you day after day after day and we call it in in the 
in the Centre for Conscious Ascension where I work, following the spiritual flow, the spiritual signature. And the more you follow that, and all that is, is what's right and true and the best in, in your highest good and for the highest good of all in this very moment. And do that. You don't need to worry about anything else. And the more you do that, the more you start to your life. I've gone off on a tangent. <laughs> the more your life just seems to to flow and you find those people with, who resonate with you and your your life, your reality shifts on such a dramatic level. Like I know yours has mine has and it's just it's such a more beautiful way of living it's such an incredible existence it's so limitless it's so expansive it's so exciting to be alive rather than you know living in fear and worry and lack which is what society wants you to do yeah we're just existing yeah and we are in that negative space instead now we're living and flowing I like that flowing with the spirit yeah um, amazing so Antonia how can people work with you okay so they can they can work with me in a, in a couple of different ways so obviously I offer the soul contract readings which I always recommend to anyone who hasn't worked with me before because we have a lovely conversation together we look at your soul contract and you can start to understand who you are a little bit more and you get to know me and my energy and if you feel comfortable with me and you want to start working on some more deeply rooted um traumas or um, emotional issues or blocks and obstacles that are stopping you from actually living in that spiritual flow which is what ego programs do <laughs> they block you from it then um, divine healing is something that comes after that. Um, and you can have it as little as often as you like. I kind of recommend every three to four weeks have a session. And yeah, and that's that's how people can work with me. And I welcome anyone who you know resonates with me to get in touch and explore, <laughs> explore who they are and get some self-awareness. Yeah. Brilliant. And if people are in Cambridge or UK and want to, or close enough to Cambridge and want to come and see you in person, they can as well, right? Of course. Yeah. I, I always say kinesiology is like the stepping stone. It's connecting mind and body. And then soul contract reading is connecting soul, mind and body. And then divine healing is very much soul, soul, mind and body again. So it's kinesiology is sort of more of an entry point for people to actually understand, oh, my emotions sit in my energy field of my body. Cool. And then you shift upwards and you're like, I want to know who I am and I want to heal who I am. And then that's soul contract reading and divine healing. I love that. Thank you so much. This was so good. And I'm really happy that you got into this uh, work. I know I'm going to quote one of my lecturers who shared this when I on graduation for me saying, you know, we 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 are we best serve the person that we once were. So I love that. That, that just resonated with me. I even shared it yesterday when I posted the podcast um, with Dr. Sherry because it's just such a powerful thing to know. Actually, if you experience things firsthand that you haven't just learned them on a book or on a manual, they are so much more impactful. Because And also you become so much more um, understanding and empathetic of the other person's feelings because you have experienced them yourself. And then you can just be you know, you can serve that person better, just like you have been doing for yourself. So thank you for sharing your journey. Thank you for doing all the healing that you're doing on yourself. And thank you for the work that you do. Oh, it's my pleasure. And thank you for Chantel for connecting people with people. You know, that's really empowering. And it's a real gift that you have 
of doing this. And we're very lucky that you are because we need more people like you connecting people together. My pleasure. <laughs> cool. Thank you so much for being on the show and I'll see you soon. Thank you so much, Antonia, and thank you so much, guys, for staying on the podcast, for listening to this wonderful episode. I couldn't be happier to have shared this with you because I really found them, I found these modalities so powerful myself, and I'm going through a journey of healing, and I really think that they can resonate with so many of you if you are on the same path, if you maybe need a little bit of direction and support. And I really feel that Antonia has a beautiful way of holding space, which feels safe, and private and so nurturing and uh you know if you have to heal with anybody i really think she's a great person to do it with so if you want to know more about antonia go into the show notes all the links to her work are there so you can get in touch with her directly and enjoy and as always if you like the podcast please do share it give us a rating help us grow if you're watching on youtube thumbs up please and i will see you next week bye